0: And welcome to Rusted Junk, the 80s movie podcast. Do you dream about gremlins? How hard can you actually die? Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? If those mean something to you, then you're in the right place. This season, we're all about a dip into the 90s. So over to Charlie, Amanda, Joe and Dom for
1: the film. And the film we'll be covering this time in our dip into the 90s. Uh, is the 1996 film Train Spotting, uh, starring Ewan McGregor, Ewan Bremner, Johnny Lee Miller, Robert Carlyle, Kelly MacDonald, and others. Um, this wasn't my choice. Uh, I probably would have selected it, but it wasn't my choice. Uh, this is Dom's choice. Uh, and Dom, why did you pick the film? Yeah, so
2: just just indulge me for a, for a moment, as you do every pod, Charlie. So I wanted to choose this film, really, for two reasons. Firstly, because there's a connection with Joe's choice of Pulp Fiction the other week or a couple of weeks ago, because I thought this made for an interesting comparison. Um, and secondly, if, if we're doing 90s season, because of the place that this film holds in 1990s British culture, at least, and I'll be interested in Joe's opinion on how well it translates to US culture as well, but... If um, I think, as we'd all agree, Pulp Fiction is perhaps the defining film of the 1990s, the definitive film of the 90s, then I'd suggest that Train Spotting is the British equivalent. So less polished, less sophisticated, less good, perhaps, but um, the defining British film of the decade. There are one or two others up there, perhaps for argument's sake, but in my, my opinion, it's Train Spotting. And I think the connection with Pulp Fiction is is. Deliberate and explicit. I think it's heavily Tarantino influenced, the way the characters are introduced, um, the brilliant use of iconic music. And I do think that sometimes it perhaps slips to the point of pastiche, but if you are going to copy someone, then perhaps copy the master in in Tarantino. And, um, and as for its place in kind of 1990s British culture, I think a million student posters throughout university halls across the country must have had the iconic poster either of the four four of the leads with the fifth one missing out or um, the Choose choose Life, Choose a Job opening monologue there. And for me, this film is as British in 1990s as Blur, Oasis and Britpop, Jarvis Cocker at the Brit Awards, Kate Moss (laughs) and Cool Britannia, Tony Blair and the New Labour Government, Loaded Magazine, the renaissance of English football and Gazer at Euro 96, Ecstasy, House Parties, Rave Music, Spice Girls, Lads and Ladek Culture, Damien Hurst, Hugh Grantley's Hurley in that dress. It's his 1990s as Liam Gallagher stumbling out of a nightclub and flicking the V's at the paparazzi. That, for me, is what this film represents. A brilliant era in my life. Um, I was 14 when the 90s started, I was 24 when they ended, and uh, yeah, really kind of character forming rites of passage time for me. And this film and the soundtrack with it were a big part of my life growing up. So that's why I chose train spotting for the
1: pod. Oh. Wow we are we doing schools are we doing
2: schools at this point point? Mean, right, okay. well yeah. yeah you want me to
1: jump me to
2: go first or do you want to uh yeah yeah. yeah yeah continue continue on so okay so look um so for me the first the opening 30 minutes of this film is super strong you've got the choose life introduction between the eyes you've got spuds interview at the job center you've got begbie casually chucking his pint glass over his shoulder and uh all the carnage that ensues You've got the pulling the girls at a nightclub and the chaos that ensues the following mornings uh, after that, um, and I think the film is just full of energy. If I was going to choose adjectives to describe it, it's electrifying, it's brazen, audacious, it's challenging, but I think it's quite brave as well because it doesn't ask you to root for any of the central characters. You're not supposed to like them or feel sympathy for them. Um, they live like kind of vampires at the edge of at the edge of society. And I think perhaps the, the limited budget does show through in places. And I, you know, I'm genuinely fascinated by Joe's interpretation of the film as a as an American watching it. Um, but for me, it's um as I say, the quintessential British film of the nineties. It's aged generally well, I feel. And for me, it's a fantastic nine out of ten trip down memory lane. Okay. Nice.
1: Ah, great opener. Joe, I'm gonna, gonna leave you to to second before last, mate because i'm dying to know but i'm gonna let amanda go next oh
0: wow okay so hang on a minute so this film was released in 1996 wasn't it right yeah so i was 22 then and a year into working full-time after graduating from university uh so I was making new sort of adult-like relationships, and which was probably reflective of the age of these characters in the film as well. Not saying I was a drug addict at all, but, you know, it was kind of a similar age group, so uh, the connection was there. Um, it was something that, you know, my colleagues and friends were, were talking about as a film, so I did see it. Uh, I didn't wait years and years for it to go onto DVD or anything, so I did see the movie at the time. Um, But I also read the novel after watching the movie because I wanted to know uh, a little bit more. I was quite fascinated by it. I'd never seen anything like it before. Um, But oh my God, what a really, really hard read that is. It's all written in um, kind of Scottish dialect and it took me ages to decipher. So um, there are also differences, characters in the book to the film But it generally depicts the story uh, in the film, um, which is essentially it's about an element of the 1990s with drug addiction involving like a mixed bag of very different characters who would probably, I would say, never have actually been friends in real life if it wasn't for their drug taking, because they're all very diverse. So for me, the film is a story of the characters rather than the drugs, but it does lack some real grit. I think we don't get fully immersed into enough of the characters um, for it to really, uh, you know, be a full hard hitting movie. Um, but the soundtrack is one of the the best for any movie. Um, oh. So watching the movie, listening to tracks I'd not heard for a while, was quite a delight. Really. Um, so. Without going into the characters themselves, which I'm sure we'll do as we kind of continue through this um, review, um, my score is eight out of
1: ten. Eight out of ten. Mm. Well, are you going to continue this wave of, of positivity, Joe, or are you going to tell us? I'm dying to know. By the way, must say how you took this, how you watched
3: this, and if you had to watch it three times to actually get what was going did you on.
0: Put subtitles on
3: oh yeah i did and sometimes that didn't help at all (laughs) (laughs) uh so it's kind of funny i'm gonna say like the history of this one that i could remember back when this came out it wasn't that big over here i think it was kind of like a niche film like people would go see it like uh not in the multiplexes but like i didn't even know if it was playing in the multiplexes it might have been playing in like the art house type of places like uh what was one of those movies like like waking ned divine like we would always go see like these foreign movies like there and i know a friend had seen and he's like you should check it out i i know again i'd never seen it i never bothered seeing it but i'd seen some scenes like of you and mcgregor you and mcgregor coming out of the toilet and all that stuff um but yeah i just didn't think it was like my cup of tea so i never bothered to watch it so i did want to thank dom for choosing this because I know on my deathbed when my life flashes before me, I'm going to see the friggin' dead baby. And I'm going to see that in my nightmares. that's probably one of the most disturbing scenes I've ever seen in cinema. And it just, I was like, thanks, Dom. As soon as I was watching that, that's what I said. Um, but I will say that when I first started watching this film, I wasn't crazy about it. And I just thought it was weird. But by the end of the film, I really enjoyed it and so much so that I watched it again. And then I watched the sequel, too. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, well,
1: I'm glad somebody did, because then you could tell me about it. You suck a gun to my head and t- said, tell me one scene out of Transporting 2. Well, go ahead. <laughs> I yeah, can tell you you few thing. anyway. Good. You can tell us more than, well, I don't know if everyone else is a big fan of T2, as it's called. There is only yeah. one T2. I have yeah. watched T2. I mean, it's, it's true.
3: Um, I would okay. say what I, what I, the takeaway I got from this film though, is I think Danny Boyle, and especially after watching train spotting too, he's, he's a really good director, you know, cause I think he gets the best out of his actors. Cause I don't think these guys were really great actors, but he does something and gets something from them. And the cinematography was very good. Like you said the soundtrack like it's funny because like you mentioned the soundtrack that it was played mm-hmm. all of even that that song that was in the trailer that you hear all the time i don't think they really played that over here i mean really they may have played it like once or twice you know but you would mostly know that from the trailer but i would say most of those songs i never heard before
0: wow well,
3: you're and referring
2: to Born Slippy here, aren't we? The um is that is that the one with the lager 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 uh chorus, yeah. What
3: was it is it called Lust for Life?
2: Is that Iggy Pop, yeah. Perfect Day and Born Slippy are the three kind of iconic songs from from this film.
3: But uh, okay, so it's uh about that one then. Sorry, Jim. Yeah. Carry on. So yeah, I mean we weren't huge Iggy Pop fans either. Um <laughs> it, it's just a cultural divide, I guess. Uh, so, but again, I think the music did fit perfectly for it. So now that makes more sense when he mentions that he had tickets for Iggy Pop and then he was going to go say Iggy, Iggy Pop, you know. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a good film. It was kind of hard to understand because of the Scottish dialect. But I will say, too, it, it kind of disappointed me in the way that I thought Scotland was a nice place to visit. And it makes it look like it's a shithole wherever they are in Scotland (laughs) it's looks like I just don't want to be there when I would think of Scotland prior to that I would think of Braveheart you know in the in the mountains and and the hills and the bagpipes and these are all just a bunch of degenerates their parents are a bunch of degenerates and my I would say the one problem I had with this film as I would have loved to see Ewan McGregor get hit by a truck at the end as he was running away and die. Excellent. And yeah. I would I would like to see all of them die. I think that there's no redeeming qualities for any of them. They should have all went to jail. They should have suffered immensely. And it, it just bothers me a little bit that no one died in this film other than that's, that stupid baby. No, they Tom, did. Well, Tommy, Tommy died. Tommy did, yeah. Oh, yeah, Tommy died too. I forgot but about that. But don't you think that, Joe?
2: that's um, quite interesting brave filmmaking uh, filmmaking to to make it so you don't root or care or sympathize for any of the protagonists you know that's unusual no, it is
3: yeah it's like because even like when like you see a movie like goodfellas or the godfather it creates this kind of mentality with some people that they're not villains they're heroes and for me i didn't see them as heroes i just kind of saw them as bad guys but they still were interesting mm-hmm. you know just the lifestyle that they they used and it, it i got pissed off so many times and i guess we'll talk about it uh during the movie but i did i got so frustrated that things didn't happen to these people that they should have at the time uh, uh, but anyway so i would say my score i will also agree with amanda and i'll give it an eight out of ten. Ooh! wow
0: well charlie
2: boy <laughs> me oh,
1: charlie <laughs> i
2: love that uh, tourniquet cookie spoon <laughs> it in your veins, give it give it oh, give us your
1: scores. I don't know. You might want Come to give on. me an you might want to uh o- o- overdice overdose after this. Um so uh, I remember cheering Don when you said uh you're gonna put train spotting on, and that's the one that you chose. And I went, Great, we're going all the way back, let's go back. I was 18 when the 90s started and 28 uh, when it finished. Um and I remember watching this at the time and going this is a really good film. Watching it again, there's a bit, there's a, this is relevant. Have you ever heard of a show, um, Joe, uh, Joe, Joe, Top of the Pops? Yeah, I've heard of that. The Top of the Pops. Top of the Pops is going through the 90s and has done for about the past few years. Between 1992 and 1995, the music was by and large dreadful. Not just bad, dreadful. And unfortunately, apart from Blur and Oasis, we had this thing called Britpop. And everyone went, oh, yeah, this band, this band. And loads jumped on the bandwagon. And loads of them were rubbish. And it just brought it back to me. How bad the likes of Cast, Northside, and all those sorts of stuff. And you're just thinking, you all all saw the train. You all jumped on it. And you all went, come on, lads, hang on. We'll get a few bucks out of this my god though no. that is that's
2: a low blow i mean cast well, up is debatable because they came from the lars who are brilliant but um what was it northern uproar did you cite north side north uh, charles that's like a pointless answer that's like Britpop landfill you can't cite them along uh, as being the main protagonist of
1: Britpop. pop were good so Britpop was good yes it and it's you yeah. know and not his, uh, good. He, in, re- in retrospect, I know you're looking at it through rose-scented spectacles, but it it really, it wasn't as good, it was good, but it wasn't as good as you thought it was.
3: Oh, was I never heard of, Gump, of any of these lot, bands. There's a
1: lot of gumph in there. You must have heard of
3: Oasis. I've heard of Oasis, yeah. Well, yeah, so that's their, yeah? Brit, their Britpop. And, and you said Blur, but the other ones that you mentioned, I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, honestly, he's, he's been difficult there. Right. Pulp.
2: You, you know, you're familiar with Pulp, aren't you? Common people.
3: You
0: know, yeah. But... Yeah. What about
3: the Oh, fam? me? Pulp? No. No, no, no. Do you remember Jarvis Cocker?
0: Do you remember Jarvis Cocker? He was the no. guy that got on stage in front of um, Michael Jackson and started wafting his bottom in front of Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson was starting to look like he was God.
2: How of course you remember, Joe. He? Bob Mortimer got roped in as their solicitor and uh, yeah had to face off against Michael Jackson's <laughs> legal team. It's, uh, how can you not remember these uh, these moments? But, um. Yeah look and and on the Venn diagram of music Charlie you're just oh, talking about white, white boy I... guitar groups there you've got you got groups like Massive Attack you have got that whole Bristol trip hop scene Portishead you know is that like, Britpop is it yeah it's kind of, i would say it's, it's adjacent to Britpop yeah it's i mean Radiohead themselves all right not Britpop strictly but a british band of the 90s um okay like i the, remember the a lot of the
1: 90s being told what to like because you had <laughs> to like it and i guess i think Jarvis look common people is good Jarvis Cock is overrated. This film, I now think, is is overrated for what it is. And the only reason I say that is because if we were looking for a gritty, Pulp Fiction-esque British response to Pulp Fiction, then thank God two years later, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels came along because that is the far superior film to this. Uh, wow. I, there, is, there is There is more to it. There is less baby for you, Joe. I mean, there's the, the, there's I've seen scenes that, like too. that or anything. I've seen there's that not absolutely seen words. and I'm not being funny but you've got um Big Chris, you know, Vinnie Jones against Robert Carlyle He'd kick into the curb before he even got anywhere 5 feet ne- near him. So Robert Carlyle to me is not a scary villain at all. He's just a man with short man syndrome that goes around and acts hard. Right? if he well, still is of a point
0: he's different to the character in the book because the character oh, in the Okay well, from, and yeah, we'll go
1: into that because this is interesting Joe you've watched the sequel recently Man, you've read the books. So we're, we're going to have a good discussion I'm not saying but it's, it's a bad film I'm book, saying but... that I think it's overrated now I just think it's one of those Fair enough. ones where people go I like that bit I like that bit I remember that I remember the toilet I remember and you're like yeah and it kind of like it's a film in three acts yes I'm a junkie yes I'm getting clean and yes, at the end, some sort of heist movie tacked on to the end and, a, and the poorest ending in the world, I have to say. It just stops. The film just stops. And you're going,
3: what? what? So, I was okay with that. I was already right well, no, that. it
0: loops round because he's having a go at people for choosing all these um, superficial things in life. And he, he basically castigates it. But then it does a full circle, not a full circle, it does a 180. So then he actually says, no, I want that. I'm I'm going to get a better life and I'm going to move away from this shit. And I'm going to have the, the DVD rentals. I'm going to have I, I, the life insurance. He? I'm going to have the yeah,
1: job. But does he? I mean, Joe, does he? Yeah, he in, does. In, in, in the, second, in the in sequel, T2, he's got he everything. Does, yeah. Right, great. We'll, we'll go into
3: that. Well, I don't um, know about that. I, that's debatable, I would say. I mean, are you, I mean.
2: Charles's opinions on this film generally. I anyway,
3: 90% not... on,
1: look, 90% <laughs> cricket, cricket score on Rotten Tomatoes, 93% uh, um, you... uh, viewers' audience score. Um, our, our audience would be glad to know we're not doing a spin off Trivia
2: Time pod this week, but we are having a spin off pod where me and Charlie just argue about the relative <laughs> merits of various <laughs> obscure Britpop bands, and we'll achieve zero <laughs> yes. viewers. Yes, it'll get it off my chest. Yeah. Right,
1: yeah, let's do it. Let's just let's just, right. let's just get it out of the no, way. Don't. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to bring the averages down a bit. Oh. I'm going to give it six out of ten. Oh, it's not as bad as I thought you were going to do. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> it, I, if it was on, I'd watch it again. I just wouldn't go out of my way now to watch it. Well, listeners and
3: um, viewers, will be revisiting those scores at the end to see if we can get him to up his score a little bit. Yeah. So. Right. Oh, please do for himself. Yeah, Dom, would you would you give it? I, I was fiddling my mic. I was having troubles with Ooh, it. What, uh, pardon, pardon, Baker? Microphone. Oh, was okay. A, is Mike a, another word over in England for something? No, you've got Big Mike over there, haven't you? That's uh, always trends on Twitter. Oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, what was your score, Dom? I, I missed it. Sorry. Oh, I gave it a nine out of ten. Okay. Six, two, eight,
1: and a nine. Hey, it's, it's all right.
0: it's
1: average about then yeah yeah um right should we watch the trailer yeah and then we'll get to watch the trailer and then we're going to roll call anyway right well here's the trailer choose life
0: choose a job choose a career choose a family
3: choose a big television
2: you're a quiet sensitive type a little bit crazy a little bit bad.
3: She's washing
1: machines, cars, compact displays, and dental insurance. You lied on your application? Only to get my foot in the door. What exactly attracts you to the leisure industry? In a what Pleasure. Like my pleasure and other people's pleasure. He's always been lacking in moral fibre. He knows a lot about Sean Connery. As hardly a substitute. Do you see the beast? Have you got it in your sights?
2: Clear enough, Mitch Money Penny. <laughs> She was sitting on that couch watching mind numbing, spirit crushing game shows, stuffing junk food into your mouth. a psycho,
3: man. He's a mate. So, what can you do? What are you two talking about? Football! <laughs> what are what you, are you
0: talking, talking about? Shopping!
3: What's on the menu this evening, sir? The dodgiest scam in a lifetime of dodgy scams.
1: Mm?
3: Choose leisure wear and
2: matching luggage. Choose good health and a career. Choose your friends. Choose your future. Choose life.
1: Yeah. Joe, what uh, song do you think is playing in the background uh,
3: okay, of that? I said it was it Lust for Life, but I don't think that that's what it's called. It is Lust right? for Life. Yes. Oh, it is called Lust for Life. Yeah, okay. yeah. And is yeah. that Iggy Pop? It is Iggy Pop. It is, yeah. And No, it's uh, funny because I remember where I probably saw th- where I heard that song and it wasn't on the radio. I think it was in like car commercials.
0: Oh, okay. yeah, I think it has been.
3: Yeah, he's, he's used a lot in
1: car commercials. Um, uh, but my claim to fame
2: it, is, oh. As I just, off, off the back of this film, it became a, it entered the charts, didn't it? And I remember, you probably do as well, Charlie. Do you remember the Irish Club dancing yes. to us? Yes. Life? Yeah, yeah. It was a bit fluffy, that was, wasn't it? Oh, it was how yeah, did it it you dance good. to it? well me and him would with dancing when I say we're dancing together I don't mean like one to one we we're on, we're, on, were on the dance floor simultaneously it's in for life Even there at the same oh, time snippy.
3: we just made that clear
0: but <laughs> how did you dance
3: it sounds like a, like a marsh pit type of a lot, yeah a lot yeah, yeah. A lot oh my god, the
2: god. What, what we lacked <laughs> in style and finesse we've made up for
1: enthusiasm like That's many things hilarious. in my life together. can I have my claim to fame I've uh, touched Ziggy Pop's shoulder Oh, jeez. Is, is that a claim? Something. <laughs> I got on stage, very sweaty, but he was on stage and he brought 100 people up. It was I was in Belgium in 2007 and he's playing at the festival and I was at the front and I got the ramp put in front and I managed to go up. And put there the, wheel, water, the wheelchairs people out of the way. Just just, <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> just stop the ramp. Yeah.
1: Excellent. touched yeah. touch his shoulder. So there it's we easy goes. when they're disabled, isn't it,
2: Charles? Just give it a push.
1: <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, they need, not ramp, as in you're like, you walked up the stage. Rather well, than you you having people yeah. in wheelchairs, yeah. Rest of the it weekend. wasn't like they didn't put the ramp in there for the benefit of the disabled people in the in the audience. It okay. was just easy to get people on stage because it's quite high, ramp. Is that what you think? Every time you hear ramp, it's just like, that's it. Just, <laughs> just gotta... Imagine you elbows flying <laughs> uh, disabled folk <laughs> into the floor. Right, anyway, um, from my uh, 6 out of 10 score, let's get to my other pet hate and let's go into roll call. shall we? Here we go. roll, it's roll call. Roll call. Uh, Ian McGregor. I hate him. Yeah, well, okay. There's mixed two of us. Great. <laughs> That's a good start. That's a really good start. Well, he was good in him, this, though. though.
3: He, he was good in this, though, I would say.
1: Is he good in... Uh, so here's, here's my open-ended question. Is he good in anything else? No. Moulin um, oh, well.
3: Rouge? Do you think he's no. good in that? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Right, try <laughs> so, again. Yeah. Uh, I'm about
2: to
1: help me out here. Yeah.
3: Um, hey, he's gonna need some help.
0: It's a it's a bit uh, isn't he, really.
3: You know what annoyed the fuck out of me is he played an American. I think he played an American in Blackhawk Down. Yes, he did. With like, with
1: you and Brenda, with Spot both. Oh he American was in there too? Access. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, I thought I it's a
1: train spot in reunion. I'm, both of you can't do an accent.
3: Yeah, well, you and McGregor definitely couldn't do an accent. I was like, he's ruining the
2: movie.
3: Mm. Uh, so, Shallow Grave is a better
1: film than this uh, because it's got Christopher Eccleston in it, and Christopher Eccleston is be- his head and shoulders better than anyone in this film. Um, Brastoff, oh. Pete, Pete Postlewaite, he was in Velvet Goldmine. He then. Ugh, gets Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars. He's doing no, Rastoff as well, actually. But I should
2: have said that for more credibility than Moulin Rouge and know. I appreciate that fact. But um
1: Rastoff's a good film, he's good in that. Right, recent things. Uh it's cricket Pinocchio, it in the Fargo T V series, it was in the Christopher Robin thing, which was alright. Horrid. Uh, it, was, it was, I mean, the film was all right. It just, he wasn't. But then you've no, got, he,
3: yeah, he's just awful. Obi-Wan.
1: And then you've got the series Obi-Wan,
2: which I refuse to watch. Well, can we just have a bit of a deep dive into the Star Wars thing? Because I'm not that bothered about the whole franchise, which I know is controversial around here. But, um, you know, I, I haven't really got a strong opinion on but I'm oh, I'll
3: hand doing. over to Joe. Just, just roll up our sleeves and hear your view on You're McGregor and, as Obi-Wan. Well, I hated the prequels and he didn't help. Like again, he didn't do much in the first one, but then he was Obi Wan Kenobi, and I guess we had a history of who Obi Wan Kenobi was, due to seeing Alec Guinness like in the original trilogy, and those are pretty big shoes to fill, and I I hated the fact that he he basically took what with what Alec Guinness had said when he when you first see him he says hello there you know and then he tries to do it and he's like hello there you know and he always does it. Uh, he he's done it in uh I think he did it in Obi-Wan. He just he's not Obi-Wan Kenobi. They could have picked so many better actors to portray him. Uh and again, like this was we mostly knew like when they announced the cast for The Phantom Menace, which was a big deal because we hadn't seen Star Wars in a long time. And then all of a sudden they said, Well, you McGregor is gonna be Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we we're like, Who's that? Who's that? Who is in train spotting? I was like, Okay, I heard that movie was good, that's good, but after seeing him for 3 movies, I just think he's awful and I hate the fact that they're giving him a second chance by giving him a series to be in. You know, again, he's still awful and I hate the fact that he cheated on his wife with what's that girl? Mary that Elizabeth like. Winstead. Yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And I used to like her too, and I can't stand the two of them now because because he keeps now that that he's in back in the Star Wars Franchise. He brings his girlfriend into it, and she plays a part in in Ahsoka. It, I just, I, I just don't like them. I wish they would vanish from the face of the earth, but they're not going to. Sorry. Oh, don't hold
1: back, Joe. Say what you say. What you really think? Uh, I will go one further. If he didn't go, if he didn't do Star Wars, he would have disappeared to obscurity. Because even though he did Star Wars, look at his choices. He just absolute belting choices. The island with Scarlett Johansson. Anybody tell me what that's about? I didn't see it. I vaguely watched it, and it was it was it went in one ear, it went straight out the other. A million ways to die in the West, the Seth MacFarlane thing that went nowhere. Bomb. Mortdecai with Johnny Depp. Bomb. Fargo, the TV series. Mm. Okay. And now he's now he's Obi Wan again, and he was the voice of the cricket in the Tom Hanks's Pinocchio. Tell me if
3: he didn't get Star Wars, he would have just disappeared. He have He'd have been that. doing heroin <laughs> in real life. <laughs> well, all right. But, it, but
2: all right. a so stick up for him. The case for the defense, he is oh. good in this film. Can we all agree on that? Yes. I, I agree with
1: that. Uh, yes. Who's slightly gritty teeth? Yeah. yeah.
2: Amanda, he's
1: better in, in Shallow Grave. What do you think of the kind of heroin,
2: chic, gaunt face, youthful Ewan McGregor? Charismatic leading man carries the film.
0: What? What do you mean? What do I think? As in, is he attractive? Oh, looks or not? wise,
2: but you know, his his overall performance and things.
0: Uh, the performance is good. Um, I don't like him as a character. As such, I think he's very selfish as a character, yeah. and we can talk about that a bit more. Um, but no, I I haven't got the hots for him. I'm sorry. In, in in anything that he's done, I've never fancied you, McGregor. No.
2: More right. of a Johnny, Johnny Lee Miller gal, hey?
0: Wow. I didn't, but watching the film, yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> I, and um, the, fact, uh, the fact that uh, he goes around, have you seen how he dresses now? He dresses like God. Darkman. He's got this huge, like, sort of, like, w- witch's cap thing and a big, like, long trench coat, and it's just like, you fooling no one, mate. You're rubbish. fooling <laughs>
3: no one, mate. <laughs> yeah. I I just think, again, I I think that a lot of these actors I'm not familiar with at all. And I think that you have to credit Danny Boyle for getting the best out of his actors because after Danny Boyle, Ewan McGregor, again, went on to not do much. I didn't think he, you know, he just was like a a B, maybe a C actor. He got cast in a lot of movies, but it just kind of showed that he doesn't have acting chops. He, He needs somebody good to direct him. And even though Ridley Scott directed him, in Black Hawk Down, that didn't help matters. I mean, not that Ridley Scott is perfect, but yeah, I, I think, think
1: you might have hit, you might have hit the nail on the head, Joe. Yeah, I don't think he's a good actor. I think it's just yeah, that 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 might be it. And if you're not a good actor, you're not going to bring charisma or a good performance. And that's probably why we're looking down these list of films and going, yeah, he's not uh, he's not a draw. Should we say? Should we move on to the next one? we got to keep this nice and like a crocodile sandwich. Nice and snappy. Uh, and Bremner. Spud. So he was in Black Hawk Dying Again, as you don't remember. But he was also in the Atrocious Pearl Harbor. Talk about picking bad movies. Is this like a thing? Did they all get together and just say, let's pick some real stinkers? But stop the press. He was in Aliens versus Predator. Yes. Let me say that again. Aliens versus Predator. Um, I can't remember what he is. But I can't remember what is because it's a dreadful film. So I, I have no intention of going and rewatching it. But he also played the sniper in Wonder Woman. That's Ugh. about it. He was awful it's in on that? It's
2: in the third choice of um, well, two thousand technically, but made in ninety nine. The other film, iconic British film of the decade, is in Snatch, isn't he? So is when, he? when you when you raised locks when you raised Lockstock earlier, earlier. Um, that is the alternative to train spotting, is the kind of 1990s film. You're looking at me like when I commented, I did put my foot in it with a purse. I'm, I'm just going you know, to Google him. Uh, I don't I think he's in Snatch, but it's he funny. is. He plays, thank God for that. Yeah. Good on Wikipedia backs me up here. He played Mullet in uh, Snatch. Was he? he I'm sure, sure you remember. He's the dim witted Mullet
3: who added a dark layer of British humor to that, uh, that film. That doesn't Was tell me
1: him? anything. I don't know where he, here he is.
3: Was he in Brad Pitt's Caravan? Yes, he definitely, let's just say yes. He definitely was. Oh, yeah.
1: Right. Okay. <laughs> that's that's hardly uh, hardly BAF, BAFTA award-winning. Uh, yes, I'm the, I'm the guy. I'm the third on the left in the caravan. You, oh, he's you've basically got, you've, probably... you've
2: got some cheek for uh, criticizing other people's obscure film references here. <laughs> there have been times when you've gone so far down that rabbit hole, Charlie. I thought we might have hit molten the molten core of the earth, but uh,
1: yeah, I'm just googling him now. I think we'll all yeah we'll all remember. We'll put a link to it in the. Yeah, I'll, well, yeah. What a link to obscure. Jason Fleming was also in the caravan with uh, Brad
3: Pitt, and he it's was basically, and he was great in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. See, he's like an actor that speaks English, but you can't understand what he's saying. Is that his spiel? Uh, I'd say yeah,
1: because he was like that in Wonder Woman, really, wasn't he? He was Just a bit unintelligible. If you Google snatch mullets, by the way, care, careful what you Google.
2: Glad I'm not using this in my work laptop, but um, right. <laughs> talk about going down a, a rabbit hole.
1: <laughs> well, not just a rabbit hole.
0: Just a hole in general.
1: Holes. Oh, well, what's mullet right. over there?
2: Well, it's mullet a mullet
1: is a, Billy Ray Cyrus a, thing. A style of tapestry, it would appear, for um, The, the less discerning gentleman, yes. Uh, right, let's move on. Johnny Lee Miller. Now, here's somebody that you thinks done loads of stuff. He really hasn't. Um, I did use his uh, name on here. So, obviously, people who are listening won't be able to know, but on YouTube, we all pick, pick names for each other. I'm Zero Cool. That's his role. It was in Hackers two years before this with Angelina Jolie. Uh, and that's where a lot of people are remembering from. I'm not train spotting. I, I think Joe probably, if you put his face up in, in America, they go, oh, yeah. It's the guy from Hackers. Because they I remember that a little bit more than they do Train Spotting, Yeah,
3: you could put his face up next to... Who's that guy you always like? I keep forgetting his name. Harry Stoltz. In, Andrew McCarthy. It, yeah, James Fader. The tra- there you go. Yeah, no one would know who he is. No
1: contest. Whoa, 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 whoa.
3: Right. Uh, well, I got Hackers. It. Who's We've seen, seen Hackers? Oh, me, plenty of times. <laughs> but in this country, I, I'm pretty sure like 0.5 people of this population. might no, have seen There's a, there's a comic
1: cons thing. They, they, they love it. They oh, really? Yeah. Comic con. Who yes. do they dress up as, as the, as the team? you got maybe acid, over there acid, acid burn zero cool.
3: Yeah. Not in, the, yeah. Not
1: in your comic con. They get there. My, my comic con is how the it is how the duck I mean, and there an there alternative is. back to the future. That's in my comic con. Anyway, uh, Johnny a minute. Let's just yeah. skip. Out. Look, look, what, look the, we're not. We're the series not Elementary. On. That we're was not it.
2: Skipping on without mentioning the fact that he was, I think, married to Angelina Jolie. Yes, yeah, was. was he really? Yeah. Well, hats off to the guy. Unbelievable. <laughs> that is. That just deserves a moment. I think, don't you? It does deserve a, a moment of recognition. Can She's you imagine? Can you imagine what they go up to? That's all I'm saying.
1: Wow. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, elementary uh, with Lucy Liu. Well, oh, that got skipped over a bit quick, faster than I was hoping. Soz. well, I've got nothing
2: else.
1: We're not going to pontificate on this sex life with Angelina Jolie, then. No. That's, <laughs> that's out of could, bounds for this. Pod, we can put it? that in the in the separate podcast when you and I go against it for for lording Britpop as the saving saving grace of of music. Yeah, I might, right. I might
2: write some erotic fan fiction, and we could perhaps link to it in the pod listings. What do you think?
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll take this offline. That's that fine. floats
0: your boat, babe. Do it. Again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Robert Carlisle. Uh right, okay, wait a minute. So before anybody says anything, Amanda, tell me another role that you like Robert Carlisle in.
0: Oh, he was in um. Any <laughs> <laughs>
3: British people will get this. Get that. Yeah,
0: yeah. he was in um
3: Mary Poppins?
0: No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the name in the movie oh my full god Full Monty a Full Monty there uh, we go
1: yes yeah, Full Monty wow Joe what Bond film was he in oh I don't know Played Renard he? in The World Is Not
3: Enough uh, A yeah, guy yeah. that could feel no pain I did see oh that was him with yeah. his head shaved yeah oh wow Um, he was uh, uh, was it Rumpelstiltskin in what's of Time was. yes upon but, Time
1: Loads. Uh, th- there's so many episodes of that. Ridiculous. Uh, over here, he was famous for Hamish Macbeth. I never watched it. No, I didn't watch it either. Watch anything Scottish apart from Radcliffe Nesbit. Um, was it. Oh,
0: no, it's okay. I'm on a tangent.
2: I did. I did wonder whether we'd get through the pod without uh, touching
1: you on your uh, xenophobia towards the Scots,
2: Charlie. <laughs> but you've well, been a to
1: Scotland. I've been to Scotland. I've been to the Edinburgh Festival, and my friend got their drink spiked and nearly raped. So oh, my, experience of, my experience of Scotland is that happened in Edinburgh and then going out with someone who dragged us up to Aviemore. And I've never experienced cold like that in my entire life. And I was just like, thank God there's a fire here, because if there wasn't, we would freeze to death. So, yeah, I do have a a, a slightly what's, jaded view of Scotland. That's hardly the fault of Scotland, is it? Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. I went what's to the Edinburgh Festival from um, um and it was in... Actually, just before Train Spotting came out. In fact, it might have been the year Train Spotting came out. It was, it was 96. Um
1: Do you want to rewatch it to see whether or not Amanda's in the background with the hen, hen pie? Right, no.
0: Maybe. <laughs> I had quite a nice time. I met some lovely Scottish people. Okay. I met a guy who took a shine to me. He was in a wheelchair, but he was um, an artist and did his own comics. And we'd been to see um, at the Fringe Festival. Did you ever hear, um, it was when Chris Evans was on uh, Radio 1 DJing at the time, did you ever hear of a a play called Saucy Jack and the Space Vixens?
3: No. No.
0: Oh, my God. It It was unreal. And it was like a sellout at the festival and it actually went on tour. Um, we actually got tickets because one of the, the uh, girls, well, the, the bride-to-be, one of her friends, was actually in in the play itself. So we got kind of special seats and stuff. It was wow, well cool. Anyway, I spoke to this guy that did all the um, graphics and, and comics, and he actually drew me in the comic as um, a space vixen. <laughs> okay, Wouldn't would it be, would, would it yeah, be funny but... if
2: this story came full circle and uh, Charlie... Chinned him at an Iggy Pop Festival in Brussels, uh, you know, 10 years later. That, that'd be a we can arrange that, festival. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. no, and he helped.
0: was a lovely guy. He wanted to keep up, like, um, friending me, should we say? Yeah. But yeah, it was did. inappropriate, End yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was inappropriate, um, at yeah. the time because I was with uh, um, my ex.
1: Did your drink taste funny, by the way?
0: No, my drink tasted great.
2: Okay. Edinburgh is a great city, so I'd live in Edinburgh. No, no questions asked. Brilliant, brilliant place to live. visit. You can take my space. It's
1: fine. Did right. you guys
2: we'll, ever
3: we'll see not... that that series? Uh, Still game? Did you ever hear of it? Oh, I've heard of it. I've never watched it. It's a Scottish like uh, comedy series. That's why. Yeah, I mean, and that's like hard to understand what they're saying. But oh, I mean, you don't want
0: to uh, watch Rabsy Nesbit then?
3: Yeah, but that's Absolutely.
1: good.
0: That's Glaswegian, and, abs-
1: and absolutely on Channel Four. That was really good, Stony Bridge. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. who um, uh, had, had forty minutes in for the accents
2: and start. but we're not moving off Robert Carlyle without discussing two things. Oh, twenty-eight boy. weeks later, quality film. Not you know, not as good as twenty-eight days later, but that's a great zombie franchise. I did hear from somebody that they're making twenty-eight years later as well, like as a third part. Of yeah, the film. I heard that too. Yeah, yeah I, well, I'll be there to watch it You'll see Charlie shaking his head. But he's going to market his dream. <laughs> I like zombie films. I went to, as you three know, Hellraiser um, this weekend to, to rewatch that. But anyway, the other thing about Robert carlisle I want to mention is Cracker. I don't know, it's maybe a bit obscure oh, these God, days, but it was a
1: yeah. Yeah, procedural that, yeah.
2: drama with Robbie Coltrane, Hag- the guy who played Hagrid, in the lead role as a hard drinking, fast living, overweight detective. And there's a two part episode where Robert carlisle without any spoilers, plays the criminal in the, uh, in the thing, and it's just such a brilliant performance. He plays a Liverpool fan, shaved hair, it's all to do with the Hills- Hillsborough disaster, and it's such compelling TV, so honestly, if any of our listeners out there are wanting a real dose of quality TV from the time, British TV, then that double episode of Cracker starring yeah, Bobby Cracker Coltrane. was a
0: good a good series. Seen, yeah, good shout. Like, yeah, Joy is the wrong word, but I used to look forward to watching that.
2: And I would say that Robert Carlyle is the standout actor. You know, we've discussed the limitations of some of the others already, but I'm also a Kelly MacDonald fan, so maybe that can segue you? to her. Yeah, you, you <laughs> and I are going to fall what out that, then, in a minute. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, she's, she's beautiful in this. Uh... Go on, Charlie, you introduce we, we'll, we'll, No, no, no. We'll, well, I'll just finish off Robert Carlyle, and then we will talk about Kelly MacDonald.
0: <laughs> You'll finish him off, will you?
1: I, I, nice. I will, I will try, it, my <laughs> yeah. try my best. Try my best. The, the beach, uh, it was in Stargate, SGU, uh, and then the appallingly but entirely predictable Disney remake of the Full Monty via a TV
3: series. Again, nobody asked for it, and nobody
1: watched it. So. Was he the
3: one that got kicked out? Didn't one of them get kicked out because...
1: Uh, um, oh, because they had
3: the wrong views
1: or something. I think. Yeah, something like that. Well, yeah. it's Disney, isn't it? I mean, you've got to follow the line, yeah. otherwise you don't do it. Anyway, uh, Kelly MacDonald, um, can't act. Yeah,
3: I'll start with that. She's got a nice voice, though. I like her accent. She's got a beautiful
2: voice. She, uh, you know, without it sounding too sleazy, because I don't mean it in a sleazy way, she is beautiful in this um, film. I know she's playing a schoolgirl, it's problematic, but just for the record, she is 19 when she made this film. So oh, she that, was, okay. That makes feel, a bit. sorry, okay, that makes Yeah, she better. plays a 14-year-old, right.
0: but she's yeah, right.
2: 19. Not admiring her for those qualities, but um, she, yes, yeah, so I think she's beautiful. I think she's really good in this, and I think she is a good actress. I think... Um, she uh did the tv series Boardwalk empire um i don't know if any of you saw that with no oh, Shimi Shimi Shimi. She was out? yeah, yeah that, she's, e- she's excellent in that really really good um she's in no country for old men as well that's a brilliant film if we ever go if we ever go into the 2000s let's get ahead of ourselves and that's that be is a brilliant film but
3: not because of her she's in gosford park <laughs> 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 which you've just watched haven't you yeah uh, she's, she's good me. in that Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, you like the period dramas, don't you?
3: I love the period dramas. Yeah, listen, in case you're not
2: aware of this, Joe is a British period drama fan. So who I am. Is it uh, the heaving
0: chests and the cleavage and the, the, the corsets,
3: Joe? No, I just find it fascinating. It was like almost like slavery there, but you got paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on. No wonder Joe was disappointed when he saw the
2: reality of... Modern Britain <laughs> with train spotting if you used to, uh, <laughs> down Downton Abbey and Gosworth
1: Park, yeah, then it's not the yeah. Hampton Court Palace. Uh, she was also in state of play. Uh, she played Helena Ravenclaw in the final Harry Potter film. She was the voice of Merida in Brave, and yeah, I didn't notice
3: that. Yeah, I'm a big...
0: she? I was. didn't know that.
3: She has, yes. got, she has got a beautiful voice, definitely. Yeah, oh. The voice is perfect and Brave.
1: Absolutely perfect.
3: O- originally, the person that was doing the voice was... Who's that one? She was in Legally Blonde. Oh, uh, Reese Witherspoon? Yeah, or? she was supposed to be Merida. And for some reason, they she left and, yeah. not met not McDonald's. Yeah, thank God she... Because I thought she was probably one of the saving graces of that, that movie. She had such a great accent.
1: Okay, we've done the main... Was. can we just skip through some of the others because i did i did like some of the things that i found about some of the other actors well, in let's let's do tommy brief
2: because he gets stitched up he, he, he was his agent made him busy on the day that they'd shot that iconic poster everybody else's career took off his died on his ass. Uh, ah. i think it's that's the fact he wasn't well, on that poster well did
1: it well, well did it
2: Don? He, he was in a couple of good things and an overlooked gem is um what was that werewolf film called um dog soldiers he's
1: in dog soldiers which dog uh those uh, yeah. of us like a horrors that's quite good Uh, He was in Brave as well. He played the voice of Lord MacGuffin uh, in that. Uh, Joe. He was in Star Wars Rebels. He played the voice of Fen Rau. I don't know
3: know who that is. Uh, He
1: was in Grey's Anatomy. Three hundred thirty-nine episodes of Grey's Anatomy.
3: What?
2: Yeah, he's become a U.S. citizen. That's basically now his life is Grey's Anatomy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But the thing that thing that surprised me the most. I play Call of Duty, and I'm very good at it. But as part of one of the characters is called Soap McTavish. And I've watched, I've, I've, I've followed this guy, I've followed the the story and then the sequels and everything. And every time that he speaks, and that's him, his voice. He must earn a fortune yeah. out of replaying that. So yeah. I'm thinking, do you know what? I'll put him up against you and Bremner, Johnny Lee Miller. In fact, all of them, apart from you, McGregor, who probably got a tidy sum for Obi Wan. He's probably doing the best out of all of them, money-wise. He's ka-ching. Yes. That's he's, like also, he's, also in,
2: he's also in Rome, which is an underrated TV series, I thought, and uh, the Christmas special of Father Ted, which is just a glorious <laughs> thing in life. Very, it's one of our happy things.
0: Have However, you seen let's... any of that, Joe? Father Ted?
2: Oh. Uh, yeah, he never got into it. it uh, actually, oh, that's, that is I good. sent you that clip when we did Speed, didn't I, when he was in the milk, milk float. floats um that, that's brilliant. it's got that he has got that device which is tuned in to such a degree of sensitivity you can hear a pin drop and then the truck goes past the car and he's like <laughs> dead in the back oh that's brilliant um sorry, that's just, just me. you don't need to look it on youtube viewers i've just
1: recreated it for you on on.
0: on,
2: <laughs> was,
1: on sure we'll link it um uh peter mulan the guy don't know the character's name who's in charge of the heroin house um, Oh yeah, yeah.
0: superior
1: yeah um see Nesbit he was also in shallow grave children of of men with Clive Owen not Clive Warren um yeah, I get thank that. you thank you Joe um but I didn't realize he was in Ozark we watched Ozark? he yeah. was the um the husband and wife that owned the opium uh yeah, Matt, so, saying, yeah yeah he was yeah. it was him Okay. So all this time was that watching and going, Oh yeah, that's the guy from Trainspotting. James Cosmo, who is uh uh Ewan McGregor's, so who's Renton's dad. Uh well, if you want somebody to play somebody Scottish and brash, then yes, you get this guy. Uh he was in Highlander, he played the Scottish guy in Stormy Monday, which is set up in Newcastle, starring Sting. Uh he was in Braveheart. He was the voice, uh he was one of the voices in Babe. Babe, two pig in the city, yes, and also probably the most famous thing he's known for is uh, in Game of Thrones. I would say
0: that's it. Yes, he there you was.
1: go. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And mm-hmm. then finishing finishing off roll call, Shirley Henderson, uh, Spud's unfortunate girlfriend, should we say? Um, uh, anybody, anybody want to take? I mean, you might have already looked. Anyone want to take a guess of what she's in? There's a, there's a trilogy of which she's definitely a part of it. Anyone? Euler? Okay, so she's um, Bridget Jones' best friend. So she was in all three oh, of them. Bridget Jones' Diary, the second one, and Bridget Jones's Baby. Did um, you know
0: that there's um, a Bridget Jones 4 coming out?
1: Again, I don't remember anyone asking for it, but fine. I'm sure it'll do. Middling things at the box office and then disappear onto, onto streaming as soon as possible.
3: No, it's um, funny. I've seen this movie twice. So, Spud's girlfriend, she's not the one with the baby, right? No. That's a Sick Boy's girlfriend. That's sick Boy's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, who's Spud's girlfriend? I'm trying to think. The one that tries where, where to jump on him when he's drunking.
0: And uh,
3: the bedspread. The shit in, Sheet. The, in
0: the sheets. Oh, okay.
1: All right. That's uh, yeah. Dark head uh, girl. She was in 24 Hour Party People. Uh she was moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter,
3: Ghost. Was. But Joe, what is she in Star Wars? All right, now that you mentioned that she was moaning Myrtle, I know she was also in that uh Laurel and Hardy document uh, movie with uh Steve Coogan yes, and John was. C. Riley. Yeah. Uh so she's in Star Wars. Yes. I should know this. She um, is the
1: voice of
3: I don't know what. Abu Frick. In Rise of oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that that was her when I heard about that. Okay.
1: Um, her career, unfortunately, just to be on a final note, isn't going well. She was last seen in an animated film called Lovely Little Farm, where she played Quackity Duck Duck. <laughs> so good luck to her. I'm sure that's absolutely, I'm sure she'll get better. When Bridget Jones' four, four comes out, great. Uh, excellent. Right. That's the end of Roll Call that's all that done onto the film um the start of the film then i think we all agree is the start of the film is is iconic really i how else do you how else do you start i can't think of a better film from the 90s that has such a strong start mm. i would say mm-hmm. I've, I've seen it twice what happened <laughs> <laughs> where you get the choose life you get They're all the running down the street yeah, yeah. All, all right so it's basically yeah, yeah. Okay. first few bars of Lust for Life come in. Oh, uh, yes, definitely iconic. Whatever you think about
3: the film, I think it is. Where does that this take place in Scotland? You know?
0: No, it's set in Edinburgh, but a lot of it was filmed in Glasgow in a disused cigarette
3: warehouse. I mean, is it like that in no, Glasgow and in, in Edinburgh?
0: There is a, a, a serious amount of poverty uh, in Scotland uh they blame they blame england for, for everything everything um but they've got their scottish independence now so i don't know uh, they haven't well How? well no they haven't but they've right. got the scottish government haven't they sure
3: so the SNP uh, kind politics. of control so, so scotland is free bit, but ireland is not right or is so it what do you mean free scotland's not so,
1: free they're all
3: free i don't know I don't they were they know. never prisoners were they you know, they, they all were... have
0: their own governments
1: yeah, yeah, but not, I mean, not I say, don't talk about Ireland, is all I'll say. Right, okay, steer away from that. No, Ireland no, I think this doesn't get clear really controversial. It confuses
3: it? me. It's like, you know, one of them is independent. I don't know which one it is, though. It's, uh, I the, only ind-
2: the only one that's independent is the Republic of Ireland. Um, and that's been independent for over 100 years. But Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England.
1: They
2: have Kingdom. a devolved,
1: Um assemblies where they can make their own a lot of their own decisions.
0: They make some of their own sort of laws. So, for example, things like the NHS, so the National Health Service, um, there's sort of local legislation and um, different guidance for health and social uh, um, wellness and healthcare, um, depending on whether you're in Scotland, England, Wales or Ireland, um, so they all have their own quirks and different things um, so yeah it, it, it's all a but, bit look but the things draw. like
2: for, foreign policy and defence are retained by uh, mm. Westminster and London and so that's that's centrally done they don't have their own say, they don't have their own armies or anything like that
1: <laughs> <But Yeah>. next, <laughs> next next month on politics now we'll be uh, discussing the 20 mile an hour speed limit Good to oh, yeah, but yeah, but jo- so jo- in jo- Wales
0: <laughs> they've just like last year they implemented a 20 mile an hour limit in all towns, cities, and villages. So you can only drive 20 miles an hour. Through. Old
3: Wales. Must be a lot of old people there.
0: No, apparently it's to reduce deaths on the road.
1: But you have more people waiting in queues and using their engines to not go over 30, not go over 20. It's a really hard thing to do when you're used to driving 30s. Now you have to do that. So the emissions is going to be off the charts. They're going to kill those more people. But politicians in general, basically, are pretty thick. So but but Joe, really,
2: to, yeah. to come back to your question about is that what Scotland's like, then the answer is no. But Edinburgh is a wealthy city, which is you know big tourist centre. It's beautiful, you know, very kind of Hogwarts-esque, I think. You know, very J. old J. K. university Rowning, as well,
0: wasn't
2: it? Yeah, t- took uh, inspiration from Harry, Harry Potter series from, from Edinburgh. But Glasgow is the more kind of working-class industrial neighbour. It's not far geographically. Um, I was there, as you not know, this week. And uh, yeah, it's controversial thing. So it's, it's like a lot of northern British cities. So it's not dissimilar to Manchester or Liverpool to look at, I would say. Um, just for the Scottish people. So, But yeah, but it, I'm sure if you go to the estates and the tenements where these... Members of the fringes of society would live. Then I'm sure it is a absolute shit hole. like uh, any.
0: Is that like any city though? Even like London, you know, Birmingham, Coventry. There's always areas of deprivation um, within cities, um, and yes, there are like schemes for reinvesting and regeneration. But you're always going to have areas and pockets in cities, towns, even in our town. You know, there's pockets of. No, we we that, have
3: that too over here. You know,
0: aren't particularly nice, and you wouldn't want to go wandering around in the dark on your yeah, own. Yeah, we've
2: all seen The Wire and Breaking Bad, Joe. Before you start <laughs> to throw any stones at our greenhouse, yeah.
3: <laughs> Some, but <laughs> but I, I don't see any place that's as rampant with heroin as as that movie, wherever it takes place.
0: Well, of course, it's not really heroin now, is it? It's spice. Well, Spice is the, the drug of choice that will get you completely off your tits and just...
1: resident drug expert. Yeah, never, never
2: had it. Terrible. Well, in, in America, now, is it fentanyl and all that kind of prescription? Well, like yeah. Heroin and, and heroin derivatives. That's the that's the drug of choice to all the trailer parks and things, isn't
3: it? Yeah, but I think fentanyl kills you. Like It has a have a very high probability of you dying from it. I was just listening to something. I, I think Tom Petty died of that and Prince...
0: Yeah, well, Prince mixed his drugs, didn't he? He was getting them prescriptions from all manners of sources and stuff. Not that I'm aware of that, but that's what I heard and that's what I read.
2: Checkered past. I I like the disclaimer, just in case anyone thought Amanda was linked to Prince's death in a a more (laughs) direct way. But uh, no, not guilty. She's got an alibi.
0: (laughs) Was well, a bit like Michael Jackson, wasn't it? Supposedly, you know, he stop had a. Digging lot of Amanda,
2: stop digging him under. Uh, stop digging Yeah, he's already. She, said we've done much. enough. To, the the get, lawyer's, get are, lawyers are, Yeah.
0: <laughs> Supposedly, they had, you know, a mix of prescription drugs. So.
2: Perfect... What if they, when they pumped Michael Jackson's stomach, what they found in there? Eh, I, I'd, I'd hazard a guess that uh, one or two substances uh,
1: that may have been in there. Oh, I, I thought for a moment there. I thought you were going down a road which I'd I really didn't. Right but we can't go down that road. <laughs> right. Hang on really let's can't. lift
0: it up. Was it was it Pepsi that he advertised or was it Coca-Cola? I think it was Pepsi wasn't it? Maybe it was some it's some Pepsi. Pepsi in
3: there. It was Pepsi yeah. And I saw an yeah. instant
1: weirdly on Instagram yesterday. I, I don't know what I was looking for but I was scrolling through and it said this is how when Michael Jackson's hair got on fire.
3: And oh I'd, God, never si- yes! I'd never I'd never seen the footage.
1: It. And I'm like he's sitting there he's still singing he's still dancing dude your hair's on fire. And then suddenly his band come out and start smothering him and then the security's in there it looks like bloody rocky four like everyone's in there and yeah and i'm like your hair was definitely on fire it wasn't like a little tiny bit it's like flaming um anyway back to this film um about michael jackson another time i'm sure we will this is the first act of three this is all the you know the setting up the exposition um and I think it does it well i think it yeah. tells you who everybody is and you know you've got the um the the toilet scene you've got all of these some of the iconic you've got spud i think is still in this in this part um Sorry, in I the think
2: I think your criticism is valid. I think it is a three-part, you know, three-act movie fairly blatantly, and uh, doesn't try and shy away from that. And uh, for me, the, the first act is the strongest. You have all these the scenes that everybody remembers; you have seen before. They're they're pretty much all in this first third, which does mean it's an incredibly strong start. And I'm trying to think if if you made me choose, which would be my favourite, because I think that job interview that Spud failed spectacularly um, is pretty <laughs> pretty hilarious. The Bucky's toilet scene, grim as you like, that's there. But I do think the Begbie's introduction for me, if we're not rattling through it too quickly, when he's holding court at the pub table surrounded by empties and he's presented this view of how um, he'd taken on this uh, this battle at a pub. And then he obviously get the actual view on how it really did go down. And then it's sort all of wrapped up when he just lobs that pint glass over his shoulder and just, right, it goes downstairs for the puncher. That That's just brilliant. I think that's, that, that would have to be my favourite part of this opening act, as you put it. Yeah.
0: But it wasn't just a, a pint glass that we have these days, which is oh hang on, like this. It was a proper old man's jug
1: Hard. heavy bottomed, yeah.
0: Heavy, handled, dimpled pint mug, basically, wasn't it? That's
1: not gonna shatter on somebody's head. Wow. Well, it's gonna it's gonna leave a massive bruise, but that, that thing's gonna shatter. Unless you put a bullet in it, it might it, it may, it may go about yeah, but a head injury like that's going to bleed like mad, isn't it? You know, it's um... oh, the, well, the, it didn't look like blood. as Well, that was the worst glassing injury I've ever seen. It's like she spilled black currant over her head. But it, I, okay. I, I, but 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 the scene itself was good. I'm just picking up on one thing. I know I'm not trying to.
3: I had, I had a question about Bigby. So Big B. So was Big B? Is that what his Big, name is? Big B. Big B. Big B. Big B. Whatever. Big B. The great. biggest dog in the world. Yes. <laughs> was he the only one that wasn't doing heroin?
0: Yes. No, because Tommy uh, wasn't at the time either.
3: Tommy wasn't. Okay. Mm. Yeah.
2: yeah so he was and, just like an alcoholic, wasn't he? Like a yeah. violent quite. Like,
0: it's quite funny because Begbie is actually taking the moral high ground, saying he wouldn't put that kind of shit in his body. Yet you see him checking away at all his alcohol and smoking all his fags. And you're like, mm, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, can I ask you a quick question about the book now? Um, If you remember.
0: I don't remember too much about it. It was many, many, many years ago, but go
1: on. The whole thing is supposed to be, Danny Boyle says, Begbie's sexuality, Begbie's anger is because he doesn't want people to know he's homosexual.
0: He's a closet gay, yeah.
1: Yeah. So Mm. you get that scene where obviously you expect him to like go full-on ballistic. I can't believe I've been fooled like this and you're actually a dude and and start you know laying in and he doesn't yeah
3: i thought that too yeah just
1: goes mm. just leaves mm. um and i think it's in the book isn't isn't it slightly hints a little bit more i can't remember i've
2: read the book as well and i think it is more um uh, of, uh it's not just a subtext i think he's okay. yeah but i can't i can't quite remember the details but i think he's yeah it's made more clear that he's homosexual
1: mm. um the toilet by the way uh Fact, uh, trivia fans, uh, I was made out of chocolate. All of that was chocolate. Apparently, Danny Boyle said it smelled lovely. It was but it
0: makes you want to retch, doesn't it, when you <laughs> when you know that he's just had a shit in the toilet and then he's got to go and retrieve
1: those suppositories, the drugs.
2: It's not, it's not just his own crap either, exactly. is it? It's, it's everybody else's. It's the. it oh, comes
1: <laughs> out. It comes out though, just like he's just splashed the water on his face. Like you should be covered in shit, mate. Yeah, and exactly. you're not. But still.
2: But I do think it was a metaphorical journey into the toilet rather it than was. a literal. Yes, it was not
1: obviously <laughs> well, disappearing into the toilet. To I mean, shit that day. well, if, even if you reach in, you'd still be able to have some shit on your hands. Or whatever. Anyway, so yeah, so we've got, well, we've got many bits in this first scene. We've got the, the Kelly McDonald scene in the nightclub.
2: Well, let's um, talk about
1: that, shall we? Because um, yeah. A is quite a quite a good part of the
2: film, but B, what do we all think of that then? So, Amanda, to as my moral arbiter on all these matters sexual, but
1: oh god, can you feel really? the fact
2: that it's a nineteen-year-old playing a fourteen-year-old, and the fact that she's revealed to be a schoolgirl the next day—is that problematic or or
0: not? Uh, I don't suppose so. To be up perfectly frank with you, I was fourteen and I was going out kind of getting drunk in town so wow. so yeah there were pubs that we knew that we could go in um obviously when you're a 14 year old girl you can actually look older you can't when you're a boy because you probably haven't kicked in your pre- puberty at that point but yeah I was a, a very convincing 18 year old at 14 <laughs> I was quite tall <laughs>
2: But, it's not um, that she drinks that's controversial, though, is it?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I wasn't very sexually active at Well, I wasn't sexually active at all at 14. So I think from that perspective, she was probably, as we could probably say, a little bit fast. Um, so, yeah, and I don't think most girls at that age would have been allowed to have brought them back home to the parents' house. But it seemed a very bohemian house, really. So it was
3: all a bit weird. So you were going for drinks. You weren't going to hook up.
0: Oh no, no, no! Just drinks. Yeah, just out with my mates. Did, did, you, go find, out and
3: get did you find?
0: Did you find the guys car? icky?
3: Icky. You guys? Did you find the guys icky? At fourteen? Um,
0: no, not really. It was it was quite nice to get chatted up, but it, that's as far. Oh, as So it they went. did
3: chat you up. Like, did they buy you drinks?
0: Yeah, um a couple of times or so. It was a long time ago. But um most of the guys that we would chat to, we knew from uh, school anyway because they were in the the last year or the sixth form at school. So they were known to us. It wasn't like random strangers that we'd talk to because we wouldn't really have done that.
2: You got to remember Joe, the national drinking age is 18 and In London, back in the 90s, as long as you looked 16, it was fine. And yeah, if you could pass for 16 at being 14, then generally it was okay. There's always a pub in every small town that would uh, serve you as long as you didn't cause bother. And the police generally turned a blind eye because you weren't on the streets causing mischief. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, A a little factoid. Kelly MacDonald got the part when the production crew were handing out flyers across Glasgow for anyone eager to audition. So when Danny Boyle first laid eyes on her in a corridor... With a plain hairdo surrounded by many glamorous girls, he knew that she was the one. Apparently, he wanted someone that was unknown, so no one would guess a 19 year old is playing a schoolgirl. And apparently, she still has that promotional flyer at home. So,
1: oh, wow, yeah. Um, so reeling from the fact I forgot that it was 14 that you went out. Um, I know that I went to my first nightclub when I was 30 um, and was drinking, sort of because it was at home, but. I'm like thinking of Amy turning around and saying, In wait, year. I'm yeah. going out. No, no, no. I'm going out for a Christmas, Christmas party. So, okay, see you later. Uh, I'll get a taxi. It's all right. I'll get an Uber home. I won't have too much.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to my world. Yeah, my, my yeah, oldest is no 16. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, look forward to that, Charles. The sleepless nights. <laughs> is no, she it's going out too... at to 16? Yeah, you know, in a controlled way, but yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's yeah. challenged
1: twenty five and all this sort of stuff.
2: She's, she's not going to get well, away with as far it, as, as I know, she's not going to bars, but she, you know, house parties. I think it's a different generation. What the stuff we got up to in the nineties, it maybe with a few exceptions, is it's not like that anymore. People are more strict on licensing laws, I think. There's yeah, more are, consequences yeah. if the bars and places get caught. But I think well, it's not the data shows kids just drinking as much as they
1: used to anymore. So preloading now. Do you know what preloading is Joe? No, it's preloading. I mean, preloading. Right. No. So if I went out to, so if I was a, a Ute, as oh, a Joe would say, or student, why, why am I going out and paying potentially five, six pounds a pint oh, okay. when, I can, when I can preload and then go out to the club at 12, half 12 at night? Yeah, that's a good idea. So now you find the streets are pretty, uh, certainly, I mean, when I went back to Auster Street, which is where I started drinking at a, at a very early age. I was walking down the high street and there was nobody around. It wasn't just someone, a couple of people. There was nobody around. And I went, where the hell is everyone? He said, no, they don't come out till like 12. Mm. I'm like, but we went, you know, in the nineties, the eighties, nineties, it was crossing. You had to queue up to get into places. And you're like, Mm. I guess these things just change really. But I missed, I, I, I couldn't imagine life without the pub, without somewhere. I've got my own little, little, um, uh, ray of sunshine that I go and and, and sit at in Leamington.
3: Yeah, uh, but the it's age
1: great. group
0: there—it's all your age group, and it's uh, not around, not really, really.
2: There's a lot Joe. of. Joe, if you ever make well, it to the pubs,
0: because yep. and the bars, because we're the ones that have got the most cash. Students don't have any money, do they?
2: joe right. if, if you make it over to england we'll give you a proper tour of british pub culture from the real spit and sawdust entry-level stuff where as a solo american you might get beaten up in the toilets uh like we saw on this film through it, two we'll of take top, a
1: top I of do that. our best mate but i mean we can't guarantee anything i'll take a the gun pub, with me i think i think the, the best <laughs> pubs in britain are the york the pubs in the yorkshire
2: dales um and we could just uh we could do a little pub crawl of those, that'd be a happy happy day well spent.
1: Uh, and I'll take you to Birmingham I'll take you on, oh, there's so many different pub crawls you can do that would be, uh, be great, but anyway so, move, moving things along so the first part of it is so the, the drug taking, I know that obviously it was a prosthetic arm that was created when you see the scenes, the needle going in Um it was quite good because they created one that had pulsing, pulsing veins, smack tracks, that's <laughs> crazy I didn't know that. Uh, and pockets of blood. So when you actually punctured it, it like the blood was coming out.
3: So oh, I, I didn't. Cool. I didn't think that they were actually injecting the arm with heroin. I just thought that, again, it was like almost like taking blood, you know, from somebody, mm. you know, where they stick the needle in and then they show a close up of the the vial and all that. Mm. But that's interesting.
1: So as we move into the sort of the middle scene, then we start getting. We obviously we have the I just as memorable uh, but probably for the wrong reasons your favorite scene joe um which is the the baby i don't know which one it is i don't know if it's the start which i personally i thought the the most horrendous bit is where the baby is is in the same room while they're doing drugs i found Mm. that quite um hard to take i also found it hard to take that um you know when the baby was found to be died and you just but, saw saw that saw that image. I don't know which image you were talking about before we. No, that's out. the one I
3: was talking about. But that's pretty. No, that's. Pretty what nice. I have a question about though. That, you know, when they you see the baby in the crib, so did it die because he was getting breast milk from the mother? It was neglect. And was it just, neglect, or was it was just that he was getting all the junk in him? It was you just know, neglect. Like,
0: it just wasn't looked after. The
1: voiceover like was. was like, yeah, the voiceover was. We don't know if she's been crying for an hour, a day, or, or weeks. I mean, she just that
0: got gets... high and was was out of it. So the baby probably died of starvation, feces. Oh, God, it's horrendous. Just, it's just... Uh, unlo- just not looked after at all, just completely. Okay.
3: Well, that actually is a neglect. little better for me because I thought that it died because it. You know, the mother was so full of smack that when she was yeah. breastfeeding it, that it, no. it got into the baby's system. And Because I saw a lot of purple, and I was like, Ugh. Well,
0: that's because it was dead. Right,
2: yeah. Well, it, the baby did die because the mother was full of smack in a way, but just yeah, not not directly because yeah. uh, you know passed on to the kid. But I thought when you took an energy, you meant that scene where the baby's crawling on the ceiling that was the one that really disturbed you. Because I, I thought that was probably... Not a very effective scene in my my view. No, of it was the laughable. Went, so I thought.
3: Okay, now it's official. Yeah, it didn't look right. Was that supposed to be uh, what's his name? Um, sick boy's face on the baby when he was, well, it, was, sick okay, boy's, it, was it was sick boy's baby. No, but when he's crawling on the ceiling and his head turns around, like the Exorcist, you see a face. Is that sick boy's face on that baby?
0: I don't think it's the baby's face, supposed to be. I mm-hmm. think it's, no, but, I
3: don't think it was
2: the baby's face. That's an interesting comment. I hadn't realised. But yeah, when you say that, it sounds plausible because it was so strange that um, maybe they tried to do that effect. But I thought it failed. Yeah, it might be. Yeah,
1: that's good. Yeah. Um, so obviously, we have the uh, locking him in his room and uh, and having to, to come down. But at this point, we also get probably the crisscross, I would say, between um, renting and cleaning himself up and Tommy disappearing into the into the void so we get this crossover at this point.
0: Well, the reason why it all started though, wasn't it? It was because um Renton this is why I was saying Renton was very selfish as a person. Renton found um Tommy's um and his girlfriend's home porn video of them basically having sex. hid it in a different video Uh, Case and then said, oh, can I borrow this? And he went, yeah, yeah, no problems. It was some like 100 best goals of something or other. And um, took the movie out, took the home movie out. And um, that was the start of the deterioration of his relationship with his girlfriend. And effectively, they split up, which led to his um, spiralling downfall. And he was just so depressed because she wouldn't come back to him that he just said, well, I'm an adult, aren't I? It's an adult decision. I'll just take a hit, and then I'll just forget about everything. But what happened was, by doing that, he then contracted HIV and became Mm. HIV positive. And then no one visited him. He was disregarded. He was a recluse. In a vain attempt to try and get his relationship back on track, he bought a kitten um, and then, eventually, died of is it tox toxoplasmosis or something? Um, where toxic
1: it, cat syndrome?
0: No, it's um, it's uh, the toxicity from the cat feces, basically. Um, died of a
2: dirty pussy. That's
0: why. That's why
2: I oh say. God.
3: Actually, I thought he was having <laughs> Out way sex to with a cat. I, he I thought, thought he had he sex, sex with, sex with the, cat. the cat. I did. Uh, <laughs> that's what we, we killed him.
0: But that that to me is the for me is the most heartbreaking of all the characters because out of Renton's selfishness, it led to a chain of events that actually led to Tommy dying. and although it was Thomas Ch- Tommy's choice at the end of the day, I, I as a character, I can't forgive Renton for what he did. I just think it was awful what he did
3: i think they were all scumbags and i didn't care that he died and when i think about it too even with the baby dying you knew that baby was going to be a piece of shit once it became a teenager so you know i'm fine with that too now that i think about it sorry it's a bit harsh do you think that that kid was going to have a good life do you you think that he's going to be just like his parents
0: it wouldn't have had a good life if it had made it um but there's no there's no preconceived idea that it would have turned out a shit person i think, you pro- I think have- you're
1: probably right joe i, I mean know. you're you're full of relief now because the baby only died in neglect rather than something else so yeah now uh... I'm a little bit relieved.
3: yeah <laughs> um, i think
2: uh, i think amanda's right there i mean the, tommy's descent while i'm re-watching this film that was darker and pulled fewer punches than yeah. i remembered it from the first time around and uh and i thought it was quite sobering really um particularly if you think about the last couple of films you watched, Pulp Fiction and Basic Instinct, which I think basically glamorised drug use, cocaine, heroin, different drugs. But, uh, well, actually there was a bit of heroin use in Pulp Fiction too, wasn't there? But this shows you the reality of it. And the defining characteristics of addicts, I would say, is selfishness. And I thought, again, quite a brave decision by the, Filmmaker just to show it's like a casual act of selfishness you know just one of many selfish things that he does whether it's stealing money from his parents or stitching up his friends in yeah. this case you know, uh inadvertently but nevertheless specifically triggering this series of events that uh his friend died and actually how upset were really and affected were they by this death anyway barely at all so yeah just start realities of drug use and its effect on families and society
3: hmm. this is a. During the funeral, was that was that Big B in front of them, where he told them to shut up because they were talking. They, they were, you know, at the funeral, yeah. and I think that uh, you know Neil McGregor's character and some other guy were explaining what happened to him, and then some guy turned around and said, "Shut up!" and he had a mustache, like where he said, "You know, yeah, that wasn't
1: like." Was that Big B or? I, I think I... it
3: was, you know, but yes, it was just it kind of weird. Um,
1: but... Go
2: ahead. It's interesting. I think. I think the point there, Joe, is the fact that Renton, you know, Ewan McGregor's character wasn't even aware that he'd led. You know, he, he was just kind of being filled in on the news. Whereas actually, he was the catalyst behind the whole thing anyway, and just yeah. showed just how purely oblivious and selfish he was to all these, all these things that he'd created.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving into the final act, then Begbie, he gets his he gets his act together. He becomes an estate agent. Uh, he moves to London.
0: Oh, Begbie doesn't. Renton,
1: Renton does, yeah, and then Begbie comes and visits him because uh, well, he's on Begbie. the run.
0: <laughs> Begbie goes and steals stuff, doesn't and he? Stuff,
1: and then goes. He's, to, he's on
2: the run, isn't he?
1: Yeah. So this is where I think it starts falling down a little bit. I, I just think is this is a it's the the Begbie staying with him stuff is just annoying after a while, and then yeah. just then you get the thing about the drugs, then you get the the deal then you get the, the deal and then the steal and i don't know i just think that this is this is where you could switch it off think, pretty much after the funeral
2: well look my, my comment on that and i, I understand why you say that i think probably you know but it's not a story in a traditional sense of a narrative like beginning a middle and an end when we talk about having three acts it's just three snapshots of this particular period of their life you could have start mm-hmm. the film earlier and seen their schoolboy years, you could have carried the film on later into their adult life, and that's partly what T2 does as well. So the fact that it kind of is unresolved, and and actually, you know, the the heist and things itself only involves £16,000, you know, we're not talking multi-million life-changing amounts of money here, is in keeping, I think, with the kind of low-rent, seedy, sleazy nature, two-bit nature. You know, when when Keith Allen is in a film and makes you look small, fry, that's when you know you've got a problem, really. And, um, mm. and, and so for me... I think if it's a glimpse into the lives of these individuals, then it's more valid. If it was a story, then yes it would be a bit of a perhaps a
1: end on a whimper. So uh, I'd encourage you to view it that way perhaps. okay maybe. Um, when they were making the deal and they had to test test it not not when Renton had to, to take it, but where Keith Allen brought the guy with him, mm. and they went off into the room, Keith Allen comes out and goes, yeah, I think we've got a deal and then ne- negotiates and then leaves. And then they all celebrate, and result is the guy dead. I mean, what's going on? The guy's still in the room. I, I thought, are we ever going
0: to see him come in the out? Just the adjoining room, I think.
3: Yeah, I don't think he was dead. Oh, okay. I, I did have a question though. Like when they were before the court, and and Spud got sentenced for six months, mm. and then uh, what is his name? Rent boy or whatever the Henderson. hell. He, <laughs> he ends up. Um, he avoids it by going into, I guess, a clinic or you know rehab or whatever. Yeah. But then he ends up getting high anyway. Yeah. And then they have to. That, that's
0: the state of the the rehabilitation system. You're only given, I think it was three doses of, um, God, what? It's not morphine, Methadone. is it? Meow. Methadone. What's it Methadone, and it doesn't it doesn't last long enough. The hit doesn't last long enough to get them off. So what you end up with is people then taking the methadone, but still needing further hits to, to get that high to to take the place where it's not even taking the place. You just end up with, with junkies that are hooked on methadone and, and junk, basically. But so he, hadn't hey? he hadn't
3: started rehab at that point. He hadn't started rehab at that point. You know, it was like, almost, wasn't it, it was like, I'm no, going to had
0: because just... it, it, he said at the point, he said, I've had, I've, I was given the three shots of, of methadone, but I took them all at the same time. And now, now I need another hit. So he then goes off and gets the drugs again.
3: Oh, okay. But once he's in the hospital, wouldn't they have identified, you know, to the court that he he's in the, the hospital, you know, we had to, you know, help him because he had it's heroin terrible. in his system. What's yeah. that? No, I don't, they don't, I don't do think that?
0: it would have been as joined up as that.
3: Uh,
2: I think it would be yeah. over here. M- maybe it's a bit more these days with computers being a bit more advanced, but this is 96, isn't it? It's still not mm. widespread. Um, and yeah, let's be honest, the ailing NHS and drug treatment things in the court system, there's far too many opportunities and stuff to pull through the gaps there, Joe. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So I, when...
0: think I think it comes back, if we talk about rehabilitation, you know, just as to touch on that subject, it's getting a bit serious now. But rehabilitation—you've got to—you've got to tackle the root cause. You can't just substitute one drug for another. You have to tackle the root causes to the why they're on the drugs in the first place. And there's a whole heap of stuff. I know, you know, for Charles and I, we've had discussions about this, and you'll say, actually, it's just a choice: do I or don't I? But I think sometimes there's there's a lot of other factors that are involved in that and it could be socioeconomic, it could be how you've been brought up, you know, whole host of stuff. It could be depression, whatever, but you know, getting to that rehab state is is a very fine line. And I think it doesn't work for everybody because I think that the motives behind going into rehab are very different for people.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, for him, it was purely to avoid prison, wasn't it? That's the well, that that's was his yeah, sole motivation. Yeah,
0: but they weren't very. Um, I don't know. They weren't. They weren't very forgiving about Spud going to prison, were they? They weren't very sad about it, and yet you see his mum walk into the pub. I know it was probably an inopportune moment when they were all having a bit of a laugh, but I felt so sorry for her. You know, because Begbie accused her of being the reason why Spud was um, a drug addict. No,
1: no, he was No, no, he he accused her of, you know, being the contributing factor in, in this, in this, and he's entirely right. I feel he's right too.
2: No, no, no I agree. The man, he he blamed her, and that was. And you felt her pain at that? Um, you know, of course she has a role in it, but um, is it her? Fault? Is she? Is she to blame? I think. I think not. Oh.
0: I think there was a lot of factors involved. To be honest, and you know, if you haven't got job prospects, you're not in a in a very socio economically affluent area, should we say? But he didn't.
3: He didn't want a job though. That's why he kind of fucked up his interview so he could stay in the doll. That's right, the I doll. <laughs> I love it. Love the doll. It. The yeah. doll. Social. <laughs> We don't have that over here. Do you not? You (laughs) call it welfare. I guess, yeah, maybe it's welfare, yeah.
0: Yeah, it is, yeah. Anyway. Uh,
3: No, I'd put the... uh,
1: She's a steaming alcoholic and probably growing up in that environment didn't help him one bit. Um, So have... Well, I guess probably all eyes on me uh, when the final summing up. um, Have I changed my school?
0: No, hang on. About the, the stealing of the money...
1: Oh, okay, sorry. Again, okay. Just moving it along a little bit.
0: Renton displays such selfishness again, apart from leaving a couple of grand for Spud. And you just like...
2: That I think is more defendable, though, because he, as he says in the film, um, that Sick Boy would have done it if any thought of it first. He didn't give a shit about Begbie for all the obvious reasons. He wouldn't care about a violent psychopath like him. So Spud was the only one he cared about. I thought that was probably a bit more valid than it just is general low-level selfishness with which he lives his life mm,
0: i don't know i just no, know I, did,
3: I think he was selfish throughout the whole movie like you you were saying mm. and he again that's why it pissed me off that he didn't get hit by a bus or something when he was running well we can always edit it edit it in joe
1: you know we can put in a, a bus scene we can put in something from speed bring it all together advertise the podcast at the same time ah oh, great yeah
0: so um a another... bit of screeching Another factoid. Do you remember when they were playing football? Yes. So the football team that they were playing against were actually the people that they were um, at a proper football team who were made up of recovering drug addicts. So they were the source of information when they were doing research into characters of the film um, and understanding how drugs affected the body, How it made you act, the 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 selfish nature of drug taking, etc. So it was actually nice to see them being involved in the film, and you could actually see who that they were. But you wouldn't have known that unless you've kind of read up on trivia and stuff. Okay. Another factoid. Oh. I'm full of them.
1: I never know when to when to chip in, but yes, I know.
0: Right? Okay. Um, in the film, Jolly. Lee Mira's character, Sick Boy, is a major 007 fan, isn't he? Hmm. Yes. Yeah. So um the actor actually has family ties to James Bond. Uh his grandfather was Bernard Lee, the original M. Oh yeah? That's that good.
1: That's good. I like yeah. that.
0: It's pretty good. Although isn't it? I did think
2: Sick Boy's uh quote of Uh, Sean Connery Lines, which is a late rip-off of Tarantino, which went a step too far, to be honest. But uh, (laughs) that is a good bit of trivia.
0: And then last bit of factoids. Okay. Uh, Danny Boyle um, told all the actors, basically, to prepare, and he told them to watch older movies about rebellious youths, like The Hustler in 1961, The Exorcist in 1973, and The Clockwork Orange in 1971. So apparently... In Clockwork Orange. Um it's homage is the scene set in Volcano Nightclub, which is very similar to that in the milk bar um mm. in in the film. So the track playing in the Volcano Club is by Heaven seventeen, who took their name from a Clockwork Orange.
1: Oh wow, that that's good. That's very good. Yeah. Amanda. Yeah. Thumbs up emoji. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, rebellious, you rebellious youth in the Exorcist. She didn't have yeah, say that too. She didn't have that's much it. choice, really. She was possessed, but yes,
3: um you're going to rebel I, if you've got a uh, spirit inside you. Speaking of a Clockwork Orange, it did remind me a lot of a Clockwork Orange too. Okay, high praise indeed.
0: There's there's scenes in in the film as well um, that depict some Beetle-esque uh, moments, isn't there? When they're running yeah, down like, the road. Yeah. And they're uh, when the they're crossing the street. And then there's yeah. something else as well. I can't remember what it was. But um yeah, there's something else. But yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: what a what a great well great uh. So is it changed your mind, then, Charles? No, six uh, oh. still <laughs> no, no, I think six is naturally where it where it should fit. <laughs> it's it's not a bad film, it's just overrated, that's all. And we do lock stock and two smoking barrels. I guarantee you it won't be a six. Um, well, maybe we should. Maybe it wouldn't, wouldn't maybe. surprise me if it turned up in this season at some point. Hey, of Well, speaking of turning up in this season, um, it's my choice next. No, or is, it? Though, is it? Or is it? Um, because we've had some nice uh, uh, user, listener, watcher, viewer interaction, um, which I think is great. And uh, in general, I think that the recent um, stats we've had uh, are only going in one direction and it's really good and it's going up and we're seeing more people listen we're seeing more people interact more people are chatting on YouTube. If you're listening on audio, by all means come over and watch on YouTube even if it's just a chat and to put something in there and and get involved in the conversation because that seems to be where it's happening. Please do and you know thank you to everyone that's you know like and subscribe. If you're watching it like it, like and subscribe every time that we'd really appreciate. It. Tell your mates. Tell your mates. Yeah, tell them down you the do bingo, one. tell them tell them wherever you see anybody, tell them in the butcher's queue, wherever, it's mm-hmm. fine. But uh so we've had uh listener requests. Um and I shall now hand over to Dom. uh who'll tell us uh what his friend Fran has proposed.
2: Yeah, well, this is another Frankie, as she's known, but not Joe's nephew again. This is Frankie that I know, who's uh, going to be watching this pod I know from Dubai. And she is slightly younger than we are, so she is one of these people who consumes it on the newfangled technology list such as YouTube, rather than just pure audio all the way like me. So she'll be looking at these beautiful visages uh, at some point in the next couple of days when you upload it, Charlie. But yeah, all the way from Dubai. Frankie has requested um the Truman Show, which I think is a fantastic choice because it's a spoiler alert, good film, but also a really interesting and original premise. And I know that at least Amanda hasn't seen it before. I've so it'll be seen a it, no. popping a cherry to the Truman show and I think yeah. you'll I think you'll enjoy it because it's i
0: don't um, know if it's got jim carrey
2: in it i'm not sure yeah yeah that's right i forgot you got yeah big big, big, anti-jim carrey sentiment in some quarters on this pod but um it's thought-provoking if we manage to spend this time talking about a film about low-life heroin users in scotland then just think where the truman show might take us so
1: frankie we love you brilliant choice yeah thank you very much thank you frankie yes thank you um, wow. Okay. I, I would say the choice was, and we did. Uh, thank you for proposing too. We did have a discussion internally, um, and out of Fargo and the Truman Show, I think the Truman Show. While well, we, while well, we do like Fargo,
0: and I, think it's I don't know Fargo. Lot. I've not seen. It's Fargo.
1: Great,
2: okay. Oh, the, we're just going to get more likes and more hits, and that's what we're all about. <laughs> we're a money-making machine now. Spotify are battering their eyelids at us, so we're uh, <laughs> we're in it for the money now. Yeah.
0: Well, my my choice, Basic Instinct, is. Uh, off the charts isn't it
1: it is, it is it's a really good choice who, who knew that is sex not that yet listening hey? to it
0: give it give it a give it a listen yeah
1: and, uh, lots of people are listening to it yeah, yeah and as i say interacting on it
0: as well.
2: and mm. maybe maybe give our little sister pod um a follow where i debate i tell charlie why ocean color scene are the band that nirvana could have been <laughs> yeah it's uh, a <laughs> you know
1: back and forth not real might make, might make that a reality well i've got i've got uh, uh, equally a healthy number of subscribers and interaction on my other channel, totally which fun. is Charlie, Charlie Gig Goer YouTube, uh, where I film all the gigs I go to. Um, my biggest ever, I think the Sex Pistols is now running at Joe. When you had a last look at it,
3: oh, I don't know. That
1: was last year, sometime. It's, I don't know. I think I stopped looking at about 500,000, something like that. 500,000. So, 500,000. Really? Of, wow. of a 90-second clip of a Sex Pistols tribute band singing Anarchy in the UK. Well, I'll put that in there. It could, that could do with the bounce. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll put that in the, uh
0: Put that in the link.
1: In the link. You get a link. You get a link, I get a like. So, yes, The Truman Show uh, will be the next one. Uh, hope you're enjoying the short-form videos that we're doing. Uh, I, I might watch the Terminator, Terminator 2. Just because it's called T2, they're both called T2. <laughs> I might watch um, Train Spotting 2 and two. make a make a right, really it's a strong real, end. bring it bring it home. <laughs> yeah. No, a real enemy of people. If I do a what the fuck happened to Train Spotting <laughs> 2, because I think that's quite liked as well. So Basic Instinct 2 is a slam dunk. Nobody likes it. Nobody wanted it. Nobody watched it. Yeah, um, I don't know what I'll do, but I'm getting. I'm trying to get used to my video editing skills, and they're getting a bit better. Oh, they, they are. Thank yeah, excellent. Thank you. I know these two, none of these two will, will go, oh, yeah, it looked really good how you put it together. I debate but whether anyone's even you've watched already
2: it. Had, you've already, you've already, you're fishing for compliments there, You've already had the praise on our private WhatsApp thread, By the way, you can buy access to that if you want listeners for, let's say, 20 quid. <laughs> oh, and you can have God. access to that for a week. It's solid gold. Um, it's, worse, it's worth it. Yeah, it
1: definitely it. <laughs> it's worth it. it, but we'd never make another podcast again. So so, what, he's yes.
2: basi- what charlie's basically saying is uh go and watch his, um what happened to basic instinct 2 wtf basic instinct 2 because it is i'll begrudgingly admit well put together Thank okay. you.
0: except it doesn't mention stan collymore
2: yeah and there's an obvious video that would have accompanied stan collymore charlie but it's probably <laughs> 20 years still too raw for you isn't it yes all is right
1: about we- a goal Yes, winning goals. Yes, just Google Keegan slump, and
2: Daniel. Uh, yeah, goal in fact, Keegan
1: slump. That's it. Yeah, and Stan. Oh, and Stan Collymore with his uh, gentleman, gentleman, gentleman run. Yeah, out Johnson, Stan Collymore. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a strong bit, ending for beat, our pod. Beat a black and blue as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I
2: forgot about that. Edit that yeah. bit out. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah focus on, let's focus on Johnny LaMilla and Angelina Jolie's sex life. That seems a lot more wholesome. Oh no, they
0: only lasted eighteen months. Oh.
3: Oh, still we can only still we can really wonder good. what went on behind those closed doors.
0: He jumped out of a plane to impress her.
3: Really, Jesus! Yeah. She must be the bitch of all bitches.
2: <laughs> Here we go. It's <laughs> definitely going to get edited. Like, uh, no, no, no! no I'm
3: going to leave it in. <laughs> right. no, oh, nice wrap up. You know, well, babe. she was she was married to Billy Bob Thornton, which I get. I can understand there being problems there. I mean, she used to make out with her brother, right? And she had some sort of thing with him. And then uh, Brad Pitt. So it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying it's three husbands. Barry heard
2: a Y shaped coffee eh? day. Bloody hell.
3: could be all assholes.
1: <laughs> anyway, right. On right. that though, right. We'll see you for the next one. Uh, so I'll say um, thank you, everyone, and cheerio. See you. Bye-bye. Little Pip. <laughs> Bye.